Plain noises. Plain noises. Because Amelia Earhart was a, was a pilot, so yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. We don't know where she is. Number fifteen, Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart was a female pilot in the twentieth century, whose whose plane crashed somewhere we don't know. People speculate it was somewhere north of her destination of Helm Island, but still, to this day, because of even through searching, no one has found her bright red Lockheed 5B Vega. In the in the early 1930s, she was going to be the first woman to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a plane, but she crashed, never made her destination, and to this day. Nobody knows where she went. Amelia Mary Earhart was born in Atchison, Kansas on July 24, 1897, a little less than two months before the Latimer Massacre. This little girl has, was very athletic and was often into mechanics from a very young age. <laughs> she was a nurse's aide during World War I in Toronto, and she actually began to spend quite a lot of time observing pilots in the, in the Royal Flying Corps training at local airfield while there. <laughs> See, after World War I ended, she returned to the U.S., and then she went to college at Columbia University in New York as a pre-med student. She took her first airplane ride in December 1920 with famed World War I pilot Frank Hawks. She then became addicted to flying. The very next year, she started taking lessons with a female flight instructor by the name of Netta Snook. To help her pay for them, see, she actually worked as a filing clerk at the L.A. Telephone Company. Later that year, she purchased her first airplane. See, she nicknamed it the Canary. Because it was yellow and it flew. <laughs> she passed her flight test in December 1921. Eleven months after she started it. <laughs> then, you know, that's how that worked. Also, I, I want to apologize for my voice. Um, as a part of my school's pet band, I do a lot of screaming and shouting. And so it sort of affected my voice. <clears throat> anyway, to continue. She was she actually became the first woman to solo to fly solo above 14,000 feet. That's almost half of cruising altitude. <laughs> In 1932, she became the first woman and second person after Charles Lindbergh to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. She left Newfoundland, Canada on May 28th on a red rock lot in a red Lockheed Vega 5B and arrived a day later landing in a cow field near Londonderry, Northern Ireland. Upon returning to, United States, to the United States, Congress awarded her the Distinguished Flying Cross, a military decoration awarded for heroism or extraordinary treatment while participating in aerial flight. She was actually the first female human being to ever receive this, this award. Later that year, 
Earhart made the first solo non-stop flight across the United States by a woman. She started in L.A. and landed 19 hours later in Newark, New Jersey. <coughs> she also became the first person to fly solo from Hawaii to the United States in 1935. Earhart consistently worked to promote opportunities for women in aviation. You see, she was quite an activist for this because back then, nobody, nobody ever, n- no, no, nobody respected women at all. Basically, the entire country was sexist until... I mean, they still are, so yeah, that happened. Then in 1937, Amelia Earhart took off from Oakland, California on an eastbound flight around the world. She wanted to be the, she wanted to, to be able to fly around around the globe. Oh, circumnavigation. <coughs> she flew a twin-engine Lockheed 10E Electra and was accompanied on the flight by navigator Fred Noonan. They flew to, to Miami and then they flew to South America across the Atlantic to Africa and then they flew to East India and Southeast Asia. See, the pair reached Leh, New Guinea on June 29th. When they reached Leh, they already had flown 22,000 miles. They had a whole 7,000 more to go before they reached it back. The Earhart and Noonan actually left late for Johnny Howland Island, which was their next refueling stop on July 2nd. It was the last time Earhart was ever seen alive. They lost radio contact with the Coast Guard after the Coast Guard cutter Itasca anchored off the ghost of Howland Island and disappeared en route. Also, I made a mistake in my intro. I talked about the 5B being her plane that they never found, but no, it was the 10E Electra. So. So, yeah, basically, we don't know what happened to her. See, there are a couple theories that they have. There's a crash theory. I mean, crash in sync theory. Uh, See, according to that, uh, they believe that she just simply ran out of gas and then she just sort of fell into the ocean and died. Of course, uh, many, many uh, searches over the past uh, over the past 15 years have attempted to locate the plane's wreckage. You know, they they haven't found anything on the seafloor, nowhere by Howland Island. Even our even our sonar and deep sea robots have failed to have uh, failed to find anything, or even find clues about the Electra's class uh, cl- crash site. And then you have the Gardner Island hypothesis. See, the, the I-G-H-A-R, uh, the, well, I mean, yeah, the, T, the T-I-G-H-A-R, the International Group for Historic Artica- Ar- Aircraft Recovery, it, uh, they believe that maybe Earhart, Earhart and Noonan maybe have veered off course from Howland Island and instead uh, went to Gar- uh, Gardner Island, which is now called Nikamaruro in the, in the Republic of Kiribati. Now, th- there weren't any people there at the time. So it would have made sense that it was quite deserted and they could have died there. But Navy planes have flown over the island and they have noted and they had uh, noted signs of habitation after she uh, after she had, you know, supposedly crashed. But they haven't seen anything about a plane. They haven't seen any evidence of a plane. Now, uh, Tigger or T-I-G-H-A-R believes that maybe Earhart and Noonan survived for days or even weeks on the island as castaways before dying there, still with no evidence of the plane. And I personally believe that this is the most uh, believable one. 
Because, I mean, you know, with planes, if you're getting low on fuel, you may want to land somewhere that's a little closer if you're getting desperate. Because they don't know how, uh, they don't know how this would work. I mean, they could have done the math, but something could have been failed. So they, they don't know how, uh, they could have gotten desperate. They could have veered off course. And for all you know, the, uh, for all you know, something could have covered up the plane that we just haven't found yet. I believe that they could have probably just died on the island. But, uh, you know, there are also some other theories. You know, uh, there's one that the, uh, that the pair, Earhart and Noonan, were spies for the Roosevelt administration and actually assumed new identities upon returning to the U.S., which I think is ridiculous. Like, seriously? But, uh, frankly, uh, what do you guys think? I'd love to hear from you. But, uh, yeah, I wonder what you guys uh, imagine happening. This is Richard Ferricks. Over and out.